razor blunt commentary delivered with a special purpose. What's happening to my special purpose? It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. All right, lots of contracts coming up for the Texans. He's blank on Brandon. We saw Kaimi Fairbairn uh, was on display yesterday. Uh, got the game ball. His contract is expiring. John Weeks' contract is expiring. they got to bring him back. He's going to be. He needs to be a Ring of Honor guy. He's Might be the man of the year. Might be man of the year. you got to finish your career here. He's the Texans nominee for man of the year. Walter Payton man of the year. Cam Johnston is a free agent at the end of the year. Not kidding a little bit with, with, well, I mean, not kidding with Kaimi. Like, we saw how significant it was without Kaimi. I think the Texans are going to try hard to bring him Mm -hmm. back. You have other guys like Devin Singletary, who went over 120. Noah Brown, eh. Dalton Schultz, John Grenard, two and a half sacks without Will Anderson. I can't believe it. Sheldon Rankins has been unbelievable, free agent. Blake Cashman didn't play yesterday. But he's been, he's been massive really good year. Free agent. Steven Nelson, free agent. Desmond King, you cut him at the start of the year. He'll be a free agent. Like, there's going to be some critical decisions for the Houston Texans. Start with Fairbairn. Where are you at with him in terms of the desire to bring him back? Look, I'd love to have him back, but you already did him a solid by overpaying him for his last contract. So I hope he does the same solid and they find a middle ground and just figure it out. (laughs) But if I, I think you've seen a trend in the NFL that if a kicker tries to price himself out, they go find somebody else. I think that if he's looking for another big deal around the same money that he's been making and more, I think they're going to move on from him. I think that they're going to find another kicker or there's a veteran hanging around that wants another shot that can still kick the ball fairly well. And and I think they're going to move on from him. I think they're going to uh, – I, I don't think that they are. I, I think that they really like him. Like, you listen to the way D'Amico talks about him, Casario talks about him. I think that they're going to get something done. Uh, a lot of these kicker contracts have passed him by. Like he's no longer one of the highest paid kickers. He, his contract is like four million dollar cap hit, which is outside of the top five. I think they're going to pay him like a top five kicker. I think they'll give him about five million dollars, which put him around four million or put him fourth on this list. Now here's a hot take. Here's an outside the box thought. We know Nick Casario comes from New England. New England has done this in the past where they'll use their franchise tag on a kicker because it's the top, I think the first year is the top five average salaries at the position. So instead of paying that guy a contract that's top five and then giving him years, they'll just franchise tag the guy and pay him an average of the top five. I think that there's a pretty good chance that Nick Casario uses his franchise tag this offseason on Kaimi Fairbairn. You're absolutely right in the fact that they did. I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. It started with a G, but it was like their 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 second Super Bowl run kicker. And I think they did it multiple times where they franchise sure they tagged him and brought him back. It's, it's not Gronkowski. It's like it's similar to Gronkowski. They did it with Vinatieri first off. Uh, Steven Guskowski. Guskowski. I think they did it more than they, once with They Goskowski. did it over and over. Yeah, they did it over yeah. and over. I think that they're going to franchise tag Kaimi Fair. I think it's possible. But I, look, I wouldn't hate it now because of the fact that you saw what life would, might look like with an Amendola type kicker. But I also think that, you know, you've seen more and more teams are willing to move on. New Orleans did it. Green Bay did it. Where you move on when the guy's ready for an, another deal or a big, bigger deal. And you just take a kid out of college and the, what the Carlson twins the from the, the Raiders and the Packers. Niners doing it with that kid that they have. Because Robbie name. Gold, Joe, you were in the middle of this too, right? When Robbie Gold wanted so much money and the Bears said, go fly a kite. And then he went to San Francisco. And then when San Francisco, he wanted more money from San Francisco, they moved on from him too. So I could see it going either way. Yeah. But I understand that at least you know that there's a value having your guy that was able to do what he did yesterday. They're going to tag him. Uh, John Grenard, 
He's up to 12 and a half this sacks. This is scary now. now. Now the numbers are getting to a point where I think when you and 20. I were kicking it around between 17 and 20, I was fine with it. I think when he starts moving up the charts with the sacks, that means the cash is starting to go up too. And I think that at a certain point over 20, I think they're going to balk on it. See, the franchise tag is the interesting thing in all this. Because whenever we talk about these free agents and extensions and things like that, they're going to use a franchise tag this offseason. With as many free agents as they have that are leaving, now I don't think there's tons of options like who they could use it on. But I think they could use it on Kaimi. I think they could use it on Grenard, and that's about it. I don't see them using a franchise tag I think it's on one Schultz. Of those two that's guys too high. Well. Certainly not Singletary. Sheldon Rankins It's probably too high of a figure on him, even though he's been really good. You're not mm-hmm. going to do it on Cashman. You're not going to do it on Nelson. Uh, I think that if they use the tag, and I do expect them to use the tag, it's either going to be on Kaimi or it's going to be on John Grenard. But if it's on John Grenard, you look at the top five contracts in terms of like AAV, 34, 25, 24, 23, 21. So the average of that's going to be round, I don't know. 22 and 20, a half. Nah, it's higher than that. Well, the 30 really blows the 34 it out of the water. is yeah. what really screws it up. It'd probably be around 26, 27. That's, that's a that's high number really for Grenard. High. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to tag Grenard. That's why I think they're going to tag Kaimi. Yeah, I didn't think about the kicker until you brought it up. And New England does have a history of doing that to where you, you might catch Nick in a, in a Patriots move moment. Uh, and he does that. But, boy, I don't think you can do it with Grenard if it gets that high. If it gets, again, I think they're totally cool working on a multi-year deal in and around 20, 21, 22. Yeah. But when you get it as high as 26, even on the franchise tag, I don't think they do it. I think he goes somewhere else. My uh, If he can get that somewhere else. My gut right now is I think he will. I think he'll get over $20 million a year. You think someone will overpay him? Mm-hmm. My gut is right now that they're not going to bring Grenard. No, back. he goes because of the fact that the number keeps climbing and, and where he's sitting with sacks. He's going to cash in, and I don't think they're going to w- meet him at that price. They have money to spend, but to go that high on a uh, defensive end opposite of Anderson, is it's hard for me to fathom. Now, you would love to pair a defensive end with Will Anderson for the duration of his rookie deal. Right. So I'm, I'm like 60-40 on this, but I think Renard's playing himself out of the price range. No doubt. The Texans would be comfortable. Now, you've got to go find him. someone else, right? And that's going to be tough. That's younger and, and capable to do similar. But if he's younger, you're, you're going to have to draft him. Maybe so, but that one way or another, you have to find a, a bookend for Will Anderson. But yeah, I just think that Grenard's pricing himself out right now with his play. Yeah, like part of me feels that way. Most of me feels that way. The other part of me is that what you just said—that they need to pair somebody with Will they Anderson. They do need to, but I yeah, I just, he's playing too well right now. And you don't blame a guy for cashing in, but someone's going to grossly overpay, or he's going to have a value so high that they won't be willing to do it. Dalton Schultz is uh, playing himself into this conversation, too. Uh, you look at the top five salaries, the tight end, 17, 16 and a half, 15, 14, 14 and a quarter. So franchise tag there is about $15 million a year. Schultz is making, what, 11 or is it 9? It's between nine, 9 and 11. 11. It's between so, 9 and 11. Not crazy, the thing about a franchise tag there, but I, so borderline crazy, actually. He turned down 3 and 33 from the Cowboys, I believe. Going into the reason why he left Dallas, he, they parted ways and he came here. I'd be willing to go in in that range. I don't like the three. I don't know how much more how much more time he's got doing what he's been doing, but I do think he has value to this team and CJ really likes him. So if you could get him at about ten a he's, year, he's at nine now. If you could get him ten for, I'd love to go ten for two, but if he needs. Three and thirty-three. I could do that. I'm not going above that. I'm probably out on this with Schultz. 
Because I think there's going to be some tight ends in the free agent market that are all very similar to Schultz, and you can kind of say, okay, they block better? five tight ends. Yeah, Schultz is not a great blocker. That's what I'm saying. He's not know. a great blocker. So if you could get someone that's similar catching but could block a little better, yeah, I could see him having more value. To me, it's more about I have five tight ends that are all the similar type player. They're all in the same tier around the league. We're going to play the market, and we're going to sign one of those five. Maybe it's Alton Schultz, and we're going to get the one that's the cheapest. And it's your way of nickel and diamond the salary cap. That way you can spend money elsewhere. See, I was going to say this on some of the other guys you were going to mention along the way, too. But one thing that I didn't think that I was going to have as a factor to these conversations at the start of the year that I definitely think is a factor now, I think people are going to like it here. I think they like the environment. They like what they're building. They like, the guys that have been in the building like the fact that they're being a they're they're a part of something that is really could be special. Schultz might be one of those guys because I know that he has a lot of respect for D'Amico and for Slowick, but I I know that he's got a really great relationship with CJ. So maybe he wants to stay too, and he's like, hey, I don't want to take the money and then get in a crap situation either. I can have the best of both worlds if we can meet in the middle, and maybe some of these guys come a little. I don't want to say cheaper; they're still going to get paid well. Mm-hmm. But I think Schultz might be one of those guys. The the thing is that most of these guys want to make top dollar. So, Who are some of the other guys that are going to be on the market, though? Tight ends? Yeah. Hunter Henry, Jacecki. They're missing a name or two. Jacecki, they were worried about his health in the past. I'm not sure. Yeah, because I think that affected his when he left Miami. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's with the Patriots now. He, yeah, uh, he's he's got incredible skill. I think he'd be really oh, a great here if he could stay healthy. Yeah. You, what's your level of urgency to get these guys? One one to ten. Fairbairn. Five. I'm at about an eight with Fairbairn. Top I think three you can find another year. veteran. Got a kicker. big leg. Uh, okay. Um, John Grenard. Boy, I, I really like him. I, I look a bill, and if he's going to price himself out by ability. They've got to have him or someone like him, so I'll say seven. Yeah, I'm about at a, a seven or an eight with Grenard. He's been so good this year. Yeah. He's been really, really good. Schultz? Six. See, I'm about a three with Schultz. Singletary. Singletary's the one we didn't talk about. Like, kind of, uh, I mean, they got you him and I talked about it in the break. Year. Doesn't make tons of money. We talked about it early on, or earlier in the season or in the last couple of weeks, but now, based on what he's doing, I think that it's still running back, and the value is very much diminished on running backs. And I think he really likes this scheme and this fit and being here. I think they're going to pay it just a little bit more, but I think he's going to want to stay too. So I'll say that they, they're still, even if they draft a running back, they need a guy that knows the system that can play it right away because this is going to be more of a playoff team. I'm going to say six and a half. See, I think you can find Singletary's, uh, that, that, not to minimize what he did yesterday, but just like you found him this offseason for not very much, I think you can find another Singletary. So if he's not willing to... You know, sign a very similar contract. I think that's one yeah, where you're trying to just look for the new running back, whether it's in the draft or whether you're trying to out recruit him, and you're in the mix for one of these prize running backs. See, I don't think it's going to be all that much, and I think there's going to be a mutual desire to continue the relationship to where you're going to bring him back, and even if you draft him or you could find someone else, could that someone else fit in the way he's fit in this year? And I don't think it's going to be as smooth. So I think they're going to find a way to mutually agree, and I think that he'll be back. It won't be a break-the-bank moment, but I think they'll find a way. Which scenario do you like more? You sign Saquon Barkley, like $12, 13000000 a year, and you play Brevin Jordan at tight end. So you have Barkley in your backfield. Brevin Jordan just takes over the starting tight end spot. Or you pay Dalton Schultz, and you keep Devin Singletary. So Schultz and Singletary versus Saquon and Brevin. 
Saquon just can't stay healthy to me, and that's a lot of money. I, I would rather have Schultz and Singletary. Well, Schultz and Barkley's money is going to be kind of similar. If Schultz is signing 11 and Barkley's around 13 or 14. Yeah, but I, I think there's more value. As much as I know that Jordan can has looked good in small doses, I know Schultz is going to – I feel like Schultz is going to be on the field, and what he – what he's going to do is going to be more valuable because he's going to be on the field and do what he does than a Barkley that has all the potential in the world but continues to get hurt. So I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with Schultz and Singletary and, and stick with what I know as opposed to what I'm fearful of and what I don't know. How many games has he missed this year, Saquon? Has he played in all of them? I don't think he's played in all of them. He's played 11 games. How many games have the Giants played? Let's see. They got four left, so they've played 15, right? So he's missed three or four. They're nine and five, so 14. So he's missed three. Yeah, I don't like missed it. Three. I don't know. That's a tough one for me. I like the I'm gonna, idea. I'm going to stick with what I know, that both these guys fit and they've been productive as opposed to a guy that's injury prone and a guy that in small doses has shown in some things, but I need to see more from the, from him and, and from a pass-catching standpoint. So I'm going to stick with what I know. 5157, when, y'all realize, when will y'all realize that these guys will not take hometown discounts? We've seen it over and over again with the Astros. Athletes are out to make money and set themselves up for our future for future generations. I, I agree with you, 5157. Yeah, but I'm not looking for a hometown discount per se. They're still going to get paid well because they're on free agent. But to what their value is going to be on the free agency market, I think that Singletary is still going to be affordable for them and that they like what they've seen. And the same thing with Schultz. Even if Schultz is in that 10-11 range, that's what Dallas was trying to get him for. If you get him for that, I'm good. That's a discount, though. They would take less than what they would get on the open market. That's I don't think Schultz is going to get a lot more than that on the open market. <laughs> so, but, but it would still be a discount if you would make more on the open market and took less to stay with you. It might be a minimal discount. Yeah, I, but the hometown normally, is to me, means substantial to stay. And I don't think it's going to be substantial, and you can keep him. 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. How do you feel going into the weekend about the Texans' playoff chances? How did you feel, and how do you feel now about those playoff chances? Also, I got a, I got a, a confession to make. Yesterday gave me the closure I needed when it comes to the Houston Oilers. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about pajamagram.com. Pajamagram.com, I tell you about them every year. They can be a hero for you because you forget about having to go Christmas shopping. You forget to the last minute, and then you go, oh, man, I'm screwed. What do I do? I don't want to go to the mall. I don't want to look for parking spaces forever, then fight the crowds, then try and find some stuff that's picked over and try to still get a gift that actually means something to my significant other. Pajamagram.com takes care of all of that for you, and they've got a two-for-one deal going on right now to where you can look like an even bigger hero and you don't even have to go to the mall. Just go to pajamagram.com and check out the Naturally Nude Pajamas. They are phenomenal. They are super comfortable. She's going to love to wear them because it's like a second skin. They, they hug every curve. They are absolutely so comfortable for her to wear. And the fact that you're going to love them too when she wears them for you that you're going to be like, man, that's a winning combination. Now, on top of that, when you get the pajamagram, uh, I mean, the naturally nude pajamas from pajamagram.com, they're going to throw in the naturally nude nightgown absolutely free. Two for one deal, $75 value, and they're going to wrap it for you, and they're going to get it for you in time for the holidays. This is a win-win-win situation to where then she's going to wear the, the naturally nude nightgown and pajamas for you. And you are going to have a happy holiday and a happy year to come and all different kinds of happiness in your life. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So you go to pajamagram.com. You get the naturally nude pajamas. They throw in the nightgown. They wrap it for you. They get it for you in time for the holidays. And you are going to look like an absolute hero in your household. 
I'm telling you, it's a win-win-win. You got to do this deal because you don't have to go to the mall and you look like a hero at the end of the day. Go there right now because they run out every single year, but they still got the pajamas now and they can still get them to you in time for the holidays. Go to pajamagram.com, naturally nude pajamas. Get the nightgown thrown in. They wrap it. They send it. You get it before the holidays and you're a hero. I'm telling you, you'll thank me later. Go to pajamagram.com right now. Time is running out for you to experience Houston's biggest college football showdown. Don't wait. Secure your seats now when the Texas A&M Aggies and the Oklahoma State Cowboys go head-to-head in the Tax Act Texas Bowl on Wednesday, December 27th. Get your tickets at TaxActTexasBowl.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. He's blank. I'm Branham. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, 2894, all these guys worked out great this year, but you can't keep doing the same thing every year and expect for them to work out. You have the cap. Use it. I mean, you want to use the cap to sign good players, use right? It wisely, right? you got a franchise quarterback to build around and a defense that looks good but could be better. Now, I do sort of agree with the texture to the point that you need to look at the players you're thinking about resigning versus what you expect the free agent class to look like. Plus, I don't think any of these guys are going to be willing to sign deals before free agency opens mm-hmm. up. Like maybe a fair baron if you give them top five kicker money. Uh, Schultz, if you give them the Dallas Cowboy contract. I just don't think that the Texans will offer any of these players. Like John Grenard's not going to sign with you. He's going to either get tagged gonna or he's going to taste market. the open market. He's definitely testing the market, as well he should. When I think you're Schultz playing as too. well as he's playing. Now, Schultz, I don't think the numbers are knocking your socks off, but he's still a, a really above, he's an above-average tight end in this league in a pass-happy league that has value. But he walked away from 3-33 and 33 already, so I'm sure he's probably going to at least see if his value's the same. The Texans already, I don't think they're going to change their opinion that they would like to have him back. Yeah. How, do you, how did you feel going into the weekend about the Texans' playoff chances? How do you feel now? 713-780-3776-8143 without Stroud. Most of the receivers didn't think we could win, much less be tied for division. Uh, now, Phil, if we win this weekend, we win the division title. How about you, Blankers? I think that's the same. I, I think that I had, look, they had, they, had to get a, they had a hall pass because of how many injuries they had, including to their best player. But I had serious reservations about this team being able to pull out a victory one and stay in the playoff hunt with your most important players on the injury, you know, being injured, tank out for the year. CJ, you didn't know when he was coming back. And with only a month left and four games in the season, you, I had a lot of doubt and worry Go, going in. Now, coming out, knowing you not only have a chance to keep fighting for that playoff position, but you got a damn good shot to win the division. I feel a hell of a lot better on Monday than I did on Friday. Yeah, the Case Keenum news kind of re-energized me. Uh, not that I was like, oh, the Texans have a greater chance to win. Actually, I thought that they had a better chance to win with Case than Davis slightly. Uh, also very unsure what I was going to see from a Case Keenum who hasn't played in a few years. But it was just exciting to see him play football. Uh, not that I thought like the the Texans' chances of winning like rocketed it up. It just made me excited to watch the game. Whereas going into the game, I was like, eh, I'm not excited to watch yeah, this it gave at all. Him, it gave him a better, I felt like it gave him a better chance to win a football game on Sunday, one week, then if Davis Mills started, I thought it was a loss. 
Yeah, I, I I see that point, and I you know respect that point too. For me, it was just more from an entertainment point of view. I had zero desire to watch Davis Mills. Now I was gonna, but whenever Case Keenum got named the starter, it was like, yes, this is going to be fun to watch now because obviously I'm a huge Case Keenum guy. Go Cougs! As far as the Texans' playoff chances, I, I thought they were going to lose this week against Tennessee. I thought the injuries were going to be mounting too much to the point that they were not going to make the playoffs. Like I've been saying for the last six weeks or so, that I expect the Texans to make the playoffs. This was the first time in the last two months or so, or you know, a month and a half, where I felt the Texans were no longer going to make the playoffs. So the fact that they went into Nashville and got the victory has flipped that again. Now I'm right back to where I was. I expect the Houston Texans to make the postseason. I believe that if they win two games in the next three, they will be a playoff team. Uh, it won't be easy this week against Cleveland. Tennessee was a dogfight that went to overtime, but you're hoping that you have C.J. Stroud back, which should upgrade you. And then week 18 might be a play-in game to, to get into the postseason between you and the Colts. So I'm right back to where I was before the C.J. Stroud injury. I, I think that the deck was stacked against him. So it wasn't like they were going to pee down their leg and crap the bed in a big moment, and you were going to go, damn, they blew it. I think that when you have and ha- had to sustain and move on from all the injuries that they have had to go through, that it was, it was reasonable to, to be okay with the fact that, hey, it looks like they're not going to make it, not because that they weren't good enough, but because they had the most inopportune time for the biggest injuries in the season. Yep. So that's the reason why you could change your thought process. But now to know that the division is in play and they got that kind of unforeseen win, you can easily say to yourself, they got a legit chance that in every game the rest of the season, they got their entire destiny right in front of them on their schedule and that they got a shot. CJ could come back as early as this week. I like, I like their chances. Jason Beaumont says Texans uh, doubtful before, hopeful now. Where are you at on this, Joe George? I feel much better because I think there's a real path now with Trevor Lawrence potentially missing this weekend. It sounds like he – I mean, look, we just saw CJ go through the concussion protocol and miss. So Trevor Lawrence probably not playing this weekend. 22% chance he'll play. Honestly, I kind of feel like there's a good chance the Colts or the Texans just outright win the division I think the, the division other could- team – the division could come down to that last. So you think yeah. two? Of, you think two of the three teams make it? I think two of the three yep, teams make it. Too. And right now, that's fascinating. I lean Jacksonville as the team out. I, I could see it. I, I literally think the same way because of the Lawrence injury setting them back, and the fact that you know they. I don't know what their record is with Indy, but I know that they. We obviously know they got to split with the Texans. I think two teams from the South are going to make it. I think that game at the end of the regular season could be the one that decides the division. And you think that the losers is going to make it? I think they are. That's interesting. I'm telling you, the AFC South, don't sleep on the AFC South. I mean, the Colts' schedule isn't that challenging, frankly. Uh, and, and the Jags isn't either, but without Lawrence, it just it adds a wrinkle into it that we know what C.J. Beathard is. If yeah. That's who they roll out there. He's See, not a good That's what I was going to say. Of all the backups, we've seen Minshew for the majority of the season now to know he's not going to basically lose you a game. He's rolling right now, and he's got that. he's keeping the team in every single game and winning football games. To where you're worried about Jacksonville's backup. You're worried about whoever the Texans go to, and you assume it's it's case if they have to go for too long. That's why I think the Colts have played themselves into a position that I never thought they'd be in, to where one way or another, I think the Colts are going to be in the playoffs. Jag schedules at Tampa and then home for Carolina and at Tennessee. Like It's hard to, for me to imagine they don't get to 10 wins. The Colts' last three games, they're at Atlanta, who might be playing Taylor Heineke. They're home for the Raiders, and they're home for the Texans. Texans' last three, of course, Browns, Titans, Colts. Texans have the hardest schedule of the three. Because of the Browns alone. Because yeah, of because Browns. of the Browns alone. Because you've got to believe that Levis and the Titans are still going to go out and try it. He's going to try and play his, his best football and prove that it's his job. 
and, and I feel like their defense is good enough that they're going to be in football games to where I think they're going to fight down to the stretch. I don't, Carolina's not fighting for anything. Uh, they just won a game, though. Yeah, but it was was it nine seven? Yeah, but the, it's fight. Like they won a game. Like they're showing but you that their roster second... isn't good enough to, to compete against one of these three teams. They beat the Texans, but that was earlier in the year. <laughs> but it's true. I, I, but I think down the stretch, I don't. I, I think their tents are already folding. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Like this to me seems like an like I'm not going to call them an inspired football team, but they don't feel like they're quitting. Like they've been in games and they have this new coaching staff. Like they're, I, I think they're fighting. I don't think they're any good. I'm with you on that. I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think they're very good. Yeah, I don't think they're very good. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Robbie, you're in the high for the bees. What's up, Robbie? Hey, how y'all doing today? Awesome. I. I love the way that D'Amico kept it close to the vest by letting everybody think Mills was going to quarterback, and then all of a sudden he throws Case in there at the last minute so that they haven't had a chance to plan for him. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Robbie. I like that last part. Yeah, I mean, that's D'Amico's style, though. Like, D'Amico doesn't give you anything. Like, listen to a D'Amico press conference. Uh, what's the injury status of player X? Well, we're going to see how the week goes. That's his stock answer. He, he, he does what Nick does. He just does it a different way. Yeah. He's a little bit more personable in the way he does it. Instead I don't know. Of, I think he's a little bit more personable than the word salad that you get, like the overkill of Nick. I mean, D'Amico is pretty short. He can yeah. be short, but at the same time, I don't think that he goes like with the, the six paragraphs to get to the final answer. But which one's more personable? A guy that's I, talking I think to D'Amico's you more? still smiling the whole time. Nick's not smiling. He's looking like... He's he's overly intense studying for a final eh, exam. Go watch, go watch D'Amico take three straight questions last week about C.J. Stroud. Well, see how personal and smiley straight, he was. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> if, if you're just talking about who he's going to play, I think he's going to have a smile on his face. He's going to give you a friendly delivery, and he ain't going to give you much. Nick's going to go on for like 10 minutes. Yeah. I just D'Amico, I love D'Amico. And I'm, I, if I was a head coach, I would not give you much in my press conference either. To. I would be Jeff Van Gundy. I would be, uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll tell you the decision on game time. But D'Amico Ryans, whenever he's at those press conferences, he's super short. Not to say he's mean, but he's super short, and he's not giving you any information. I would do the same thing. But he's not, I don't think, personable. Like, I think he's always, for the most part, unless he gets peppered pleasant. with the same question multiple times, like you said. But I think for the most time, he's most part, he's got a smile on his I, face, or he's yeah. he's he's like he's not going to like stare you down. Nick just always looks like he's this, he's going to outsmart you on an yeah, answer. I, 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 this is an agree to disagree. I That's think here. I think they're both kind of cordial. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. I'll get to the closure I needed with the Texans. Did you get closure yesterday uh, with the uh, the Texans beating these Houston Oilers? And also, let's grade the quarterback. Let's grade the quarterbacks from that game yesterday. Also, then head coach uh, speak from D'Amico Ryan's. We'll grade the speech. 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, right now I want to tell you about Allstate Siding and Windows. I tell you all the time about Allstate Siding and Windows, but now's the time that you're going to realize again that you need to protect your biggest investment. And for most all of us, it's your house. And, and when you realize the fact that Allstate Siding and Windows can do so much for your house in a short amount of time, because of the fact that they do siding and windows and they protect the contents from the exterior point from the siding perspective you think about this you go through all the different ways you try to protect your house but if you have siding you don't have to paint anymore and stain and do all these different repairs the siding is like an extra hard shell barrier on the outside that is going to make sure that in the summertime the air conditioning stays in it's going to save you about 40 percent on your energy bills 
just like the windows do. If you get the right windows on your house, they're constantly going to be working for you. Between hurricane season and the fact that they have to be super strong to endure all the winds, but from the standpoint that we get such heat in the summertime, and they're going to keep all that heat out and keep the cool in, to the to the bottom line of when you know that in the wintertime, in those rare times when it gets super cold, they can make sure the heat stays in too. I, I encourage you over and over again to check out the people that know the business better than anybody on Siding and Windows, and that's the people at Allstate Siding and Windows. Go to AllstateSidingAndWindows.com because they are the experts. They've been in business for over 40 years, family-owned and operated, so they handle everything along the way, and they're always going to be there for you. They know Houston because they're Houstonians. They know their business, so that means they're not going to screw you over. They're going to come out. They're going to tell you exactly what you need, and they're going to tell you exactly why you should go with what they recommend. They are experts. And the thing is, if they're saving you 40% on your energy bills when you start talking about being able to do those kind of things, it's a game changer. They always have extra deals going on, like nine months, same as cash, interest-free for a year. They're going to do all those things too. But Mary and her staff do a phenomenal job. Go to AllStateSidingAndWindows.com and see how they can help you too. Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Bees Blank, on Branham. Let's go straight out to the HRP guest line, 713, actually listener line. He's a guest, I guess. 713-780-3776. D-Nice, you're in the hive with the Bees. D-Nice is always a guest. What's up? Hello, guys. What's up? I'm, I'm doing all right. How about yourselves? All good, man. That's good. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say the coast gonna, the coast will have a, a good easy easy road because you got to watch out for those Raiders. The Raiders are playing real good this year. No, you're right. Uh, Antonio Pierce, Pierce is, uh, is playing for a job. Right? I mean, coaching for a job. Yeah, they hammered the Chargers. Although that was a lifeless team. It really was. Uh, Raiders were not good against the Vikings the week prior. Uh, but I do think it's a better team in the second half of the year than it was in the first half of the year. I'll agree with D-Nice there. But I would still say that the Texans have the toughest of the three teams and the three schedules that are left to play between Jacksonville, the Colts, and the Texans. The Texans have to play a playoff team in the Browns. They have to pay a Titans team. Like, Titans, whatever, but Jacksonville has the Titans, too. And the Colts, the final week of the year. The Colts play at Atlanta, who's about to bench Desmond Ritter again, which might be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Raiders at home, so, like, at least they're getting the Raiders at home, and they're playing the Texans. So that's three teams that are not in the playoffs. Texans are playing one team that is in the playoffs. Colts are right there on the cusp. And in Jacksonville's last three games, you're taking on three teams that aren't in the postseason currently. Uh, the next game for the Jags, and you might not have Trevor Lawrence, but at Tampa Bay, actually Tampa might be in the playoffs. I'll have to check the NFC. Uh, then Carolina and then right at Tennessee. The division, aren't they? So, yeah, so, so Tampa yeah. would count. I, I was not familiar with the NFC as well as the AFC. Yeah, they're they're, leading, they're tied with the division lead with the Saints at 7-7 seven and seven yeah. versus the Texans playing the Browns who are 9-5. and five. So I still think the Texans have the toughest schedule of the three. Yeah, I think that you got a coach that is coaching for his ability to coach the team next year in Pierce. But you've got a playoff team in Cleveland that's defense is so good that, yes, Joe Flacco is playing his tail off. But the fact of the matter is that's the best team of any of the team that the three teams are going to play. And, and, and they're playing at a point right now where, yes, they're in the playoffs, but they're fighting for everything for the playoffs and what the highest seed they can get and everything that they're – you know, that they need to get to, too. So that's a must-win for them, or it's a big game for them. It's not a must-win in terms of the playoffs, but they're going to come at you with everything they got. Whereas the Raiders, they're still not starting a, a quality NFL quarterback, per se, 
they have a lot of talent on that team with Crosby on defense and and obviously Adams and and the guys that they have offensively. But the best team of any, that any of the three teams are going to play is the Browns. I'm rooting for Pierce to get the job though. He'd be he'd be a lot of fun there. I, you know what I think they're going to do though? I think they're going to open. Davis loves the sexy name. He's going to open the market up and still talk to other people. I think at the end of the day that Pierce will end up getting the job. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd like to see him. He just fits the the uh, the Vegas Raiders. I think seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. So here's how. This is why I got closure. From the Oilers, yes. I love the Houston Oilers. Love the Houston Oilers. But I'm not going to... I'm not going to use that comparison to the Titans. I will never think of the Titans as the Houston Oilers or them being the same organization, even though it's technically true. I will never view the Houston Oilers as the Houston Texans. Separate entities, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay if the Texans never use a love you blue, even though I expect them to use H-Town blue next year. But the reason I got closure yesterday... One, the, these these version of the Oilers are cowards. They're doing this real troll job in Nashville. If you wanted to be real trolls, do it in Houston in two weeks when you can get the viciousness of a Houston crowd. Uh, Mike Vrabel trying to channel Bum Phillips. How did that work out? He didn't wear that cowboy hat very well. I also had some cowboy hat aficionados in my Twitter saying that you're not supposed to wear that color of hat in December, you idiot. Mm, Mike Vrabel. Earl Campbell, Eddie George, and Derrick Henry pregame, that feels forced to me. It feels fake. That feels like professional wrestling, and I don't take that seriously. And then also, it reminds me that the Oilers used to blow leads. They used to blow leads. The Titans, the Oilers, led that game yesterday 13-0. What did they do? They blew the lead. They missed a kick. That gave me the closure I needed with the Houston Oilers. Yeah, to me, the Oilers... And obviously, I, I wasn't born here, but I got here at a time where they were still playing here that I understand it. I, I think that the door for me closed on the Oilers when they left Houston. The minute the Adams family moved this team to Tennessee, the Oilers' history was exactly that. It was history, but there was there was a lot of good. What they did this weekend just solidified the fact that this is just a, a, a Hatfield and McCoy's bitch session between the Adams family and her disdain for everything Houston because they feel like they got screwed and that's all that they that they continue to do. So let them keep playing the marketing game with it and the gamesmanship game of it and thinking that they're doing things other than being petty and understand Texans are an entity all in themselves and you got a really fun team to, to watch that's going to continue to do fun things for you. They, they might do it better than the Oilers did at the end of the day by getting further and, and getting more accomplishments for the city, but it was a great run by the Oilers, but I thought the door closed on them when they left town. Closure closure is what I needed. Junior Bronco says that Vrabel also wore the skinny jeans with cowboy boots. Yeah, what an idiot. Who wears skinny jeans with cowboy boots? It's a terrible jeans, look. Period. I mean, it's in it's in session. I mean, it's it's a fit right is now. Is it still? In, yeah, you see some guys with skinny jeans. Yeah, the the you don't want them to. You don't want boxy jeans. You don't want too much clothing there. You got to have but a little need, bit not need, skinny, need, skinny, need, but a little you, slim. You need some room to move. Yeah, but you also got to be in with the style. But you don't do it with cowboy boots. I you think gotta, that you can be in with the style without wearing skinny jeans. Yeah, but you can't be boxy. You can't have boxy. But there's jeans. a difference. There's a happy medium between skinny jeans and boxy. But if you wear cowboy boots, you need those starched up Wranglers. We know how we'd roll. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Did you get closure from this uh, this Oiler loss yesterday? Let's go out to the HR and P listener line. Um, Six three eight nine says the Titans have won a Super Bowl though. So what? It's not the Oilers. When did they win a Super Bowl? Wrong. They didn't oh, win that's a Super right. Bowl. That's right. They were two they yards were a yard short. short. Two yards yard short. Two, Kevin yeah. Dyson. That's right. Short. He was uh, short. They lost to the, best, uh, the, the greatest show on turf. Although I did love Steve McNair. Steve McNair is one of my favorite players of all time. Listen to Fall of the Titans podcast if you ever get time. It's pretty good. Uh, let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Lane, you're in the hive of the bees. What's up? 
What's going on, fellas? I am a Titans fan. I just got to give it to y'all, man. You know, sometimes you're the conductor of the band. Sometimes you're in the back playing the sad trombone. That's me. I don't know if y'all talked about this, though, but on the day when you had legends like Earl Campbell, you had Eddie George, those great running backs, and then you got Derrick Henry after the game talking about, well, this might be my last season with the Titans. I mean, he picked that game to do it. It was pathetic all around. This was our Letterman jacket moment, you know, when the Texans did that. Mm-hmm. Because when Jeffrey Simmons, who didn't even play, showed up cosplaying like the Oilers, I knew it was a problem. But, hey, y'all got a good a good team, man. Will Levis is nothing but a poor man's Brett Favre at best. Uh, DJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson about to run the division. Thank y'all for your time. Appreciate it, Lane. That's a, it took a big man to call there. I appreciate that call. Yeah. I don't disagree with him on the Levis thing either. I think Levis is a gunslinger mistake waiting to happen, similar to Brett Favre. Now, he's super talented. Poor man's Brett. But he makes he makes bad decisions like Brett Favre did. Brett Favre, the most overrated quarterback of all time. Oh, stop it. He is. I disagree with that. But I Who leads so, the I, world in interceptions in NFL history? I, I, I understand, but he also led the world in, like, Improbable I, wins and like that's cool. He can do both. He can. He's Josh Allen. He won a Super Bowl. He's he did win one. He won a Super Bowl. He won. He won one. Uh, believe takes, me, I know how many. He you won. need two Super Bowls to be an all-time great quarterback. Anybody can luck into one. Look at, look, at, look at Trent Dilfer. Look at look at his numbers. I did. Though. I told you the number that mattered to me. Okay, but the the numbers that mattered to me are the fact that uh, he's top five in all these offensive. Quarterback numbers, including yards, and all, I get that. Okay, but at the same time, there's a ton of positive too. Yeah, uh, just too much negative. I'm for not going to defend him after he left but the game. Tomato, but. tomato, tomato, tomato. Speaking of quarterback numbers, Case Keenum, 22 of 36, 229 yards, touchdown, interception. Every Monday after a game, we grade the quarterback. What are we giving Case Keenum for his performance in Nashville yesterday? Whether I get killed for this or not, Case Keenum gets a birdie to me because Case Keenum wasn't supposed to play. And Case Keenum isn't supposed to do this every single week. Case Keenum got you a win in the biggest, most necessary game of the year for your football team. And I don't care. I don't give a rat's ass about any of the numbers other than he got a W and that's a letter. I get it. But the fact is he played well enough to get your team an improbable victory with all the injuries you had on the road against, you know, a divisional opponent. I'm giving him a birdie because I did not expect this. I love this. And the fact that they did it the way that they did it just added more to how much you love this and put you in a position to actually win the division now. He gets a birdie for me, and I don't care what the numbers say. Why would you, why would you get crushed for that? Because a lot of people are going to say, come on, you can get a, you can get a par because you got a victory. But if you're going by the scale that we were judging CJ on all year, yeah. that you, know, you had to do more or complete more and throw for more yards and be more heroic. He didn't lose you the game, although he tried at one point. But at the same time, he got you a win that you didn't see coming. So... The birdie to me is is why I thought I'd, I would take because I didn't give him a par. No, I'm giving him a birdie, a clear birdie. You get a road win against a divisional opponent when you don't have your top two wide receivers. Uh, easy birdie. Doesn't come from behind effort. Yeah, he did have the gaff on the pick six. Had some close calls. I didn't think he played, like, tremendous. But you lead to your team to a road win. Yes, the defense was phenomenal. It's an easy birdie for me with Case. I'm going with birdie as well. I mean, if, if this was the senior tour, I'd give him an eagle, but uh, it's not. So It's a champion's uh, <laughs> tour, Joe. Have some respect. Whatever. The old people tour. Uh, I'll give him a birdie. He played. He did enough to get the win. Yes, he made a mistake, but the the guts he had on some of these throws, uh, I give him a lot of credit for what he did this week. He's weekend. got some cojones. There's no Big doubt time. about that. All right, Keenum versus Levis, real quick. Boxing round grade. 9-8. 
Nine, eight? Nine. That's not a real thing. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. That never happens. It Maybe does. rarely, every once in a while. No, if you get like a, if you get a penalty for kicking or hitting someone too low. Oh. Deduct a point? You deduct, I'm deducting you a point. You just gave him the, a birdie, yet you're deducting a, a point I'm, from Case Keenum. Yeah, I'm still deducting a point for the pick six. Now, you want you give him the uh, the win. You yeah, want nine yeah, eight over course. Levis? I'm going to give Keenum a 10-9 round over Will Levis. Keenum, 10-9. Keenum. Over uh, over Levis. All right, what's our car wreck of the day? What do you think the car wreck of the day should be? 713-780-3776. Car wreck of the day next. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I like a good drink at the end of the day. Vodka, gin, bourbon. All in that rotation for me. Bourbon might be in uh, the plans tonight with a sore throat. Uh, Gentle Ben Spirits does it better than anybody else. How? Well, they're revolutionary Perseido technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you will ever taste. Purification, Gentle Ben, is unrivaled. You'll love what's not in it, including undesirable acids. These acids take the enjoyment out of your drinks. Well, Gentle Ben gets rid of the undesirable acids so you can enjoy. Go to GentleBen.com to learn more about your new favorite. Gentle Ben Spirits makes the perfect holiday gift for friends, family, and your best customers. It's not a party without Gentle Ben. You all right? My is broken. The bolt's coming through. I'm you you brick. Where's my fucking money? This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. Back on the bees. You know it's time for the Car Wreck of the Day. You know how we do it in the last segment of the show. The fact that no matter who tries to drive us out of control and off the road, we can avoid the Car Wreck of the Day in the studio by bringing you the Car Wreck of the Day right now and figuring out who is our nominee or nominees and yours for who screwed up better than most. Can I give the first nominee being this cough that I'm dealing with? Sure. It cost me to be late this segment. I don't understand. Like That was a mini segment. I mean, a mini break. Yeah, we got to hurry up, though. That's We're fine. Out of time. I don't run out of time. Running out of time on the show. Uh, I want to nominate Mike Vrabel's cowboy hat. Try to pull a bum. Lost the football game. It's the wrong shade of hat for this time of year. I nominate Mike Vrabel's cowboy hat from our car wreck of the day. Cool. I'll double down on that. And I nominate that Adam's family. Was it Amy Adams skunk? Whatever. One last strunk. Okay, strunk. Well, it was awful. Everything that you tried to do to try and claim something that, yes, your family owned the team, but that look, that was always associated with Houston. You got petty. You got it handed to you. You got eliminated officially from the playoffs as part of it, and it was all a marketing ploy and just pettiness with your hatred for how it ended in Houston, so you get the car wreck of the day, in my opinion. Uh, the uh, A lot of people are saying that's the car wreck of the day. Uh, 1686, car wreck of the day, Branham subliminally admitting to wearing skinny jeans to the rodeo. I don't own skinny jeans. I don't think I Nor own skinny jeans. Nor should you. Yeah, I don't care how fashionable they are. Yeah, I don't think I call. I don't think I do. Uh, Joe, what are you nominating for Car Wreck of the Day? Uh, I'm going to nominate the Chicago Bears. For the third time this season, the Bears, with less than seven minutes to go, had a 98% chance to win a football game, and they lost. The third time this season. That's a hard thing to do. Did they play the Browns? Yeah, it was yes. a bad loss for Texans. How about the too? fact that were you watching it live? Uh, kind of. I thought of you on the Hail Mary with the fact that your emotions must have been bouncing around with the fact that that could have been caught. 
It could have been caught. Yeah, I don't know what's worse. That one or the late hit on Justin, the Hail Mary in the first half. It was so late, but whatever. At least you don't care. I'm going to nominate Joe for arguing that Rex Grossman's better than Case Keenum. I'm, I'm, I'm just arguing back to argue. There's nothing better than Case Keenum in this city. Rex, Rex Grossman's been to a Super Bowl. Go <laughs> Cougs. <laughs> both of us. Has Case not? Let's see. All his backup stops. He didn't go with Buffalo. He didn't go with Cleveland. He came close in Minnesota, Minnesota as a starter, okay. but did yeah. not. Rex started. Houston, no. What was his stop between Houston and Minnesota? He, Buff- had so oh, Buffalo. he was in Washington. That was, that was, that was last year. He was in Buffalo recently. Last year, yeah. It was Houston. I don't know where he went after Houston. Did, but was he, was he in a, Cleveland? Yeah, but that wasn't his next stop, I don't think. He's had a bunch of stops. He's yeah, wore he a lot of different helmets. But it's good that he's back home. His rec room must be pretty cool with all the different teams he played for, with all the helmets. I mean, he's statistically the greatest college quarterback of all time, and it's not even debatable. Well, I don't know how we would debate you because debatable. you remind us all the time. He went Houston, St. Louis. He's old enough that he played in St. Louis. Oh, wow. L.A. Rams under Fisher. Minnesota, Denver, Washington, Cleveland, Buffalo, Houston. He's like the Tony Massenberg or Chucky Brown of NFL. Yeah, he's he's the. Do they have an immaculate grid for football? They do. He's probably an answer to a few immaculate grids. Do the Cowboys get a nomination? Uh, they just dumped the bag. Yeah, looking like a contender in the NFC and then just completely getting crushed. Don't they have to be considered? Don't the we Steelers can also? Yeah, anybody can get a nomination. Anybody I, can get honestly, a nom. I think the Chargers should be the number one. That was one of the most pathetic performances. Well, I guess that was last week. Yeah, it was, it was Thursday, last week. right? Was yeah. that Thursday? I thought the game was yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Oh, there's they, nominate Joe. Joe just got nominated. Somebody on the text line actually nominated you. Maybe it's Alex texting for what? in. For what now? What do you do now? I'll read it for you. Uh, Joe George for Car Wreck of the Day. He said the Texans had no chance at the division after the Jacksonville loss. I didn't say uh, maybe I did. I don't know. Check the tapes. I don't think you were alone. I'll just put it. I thought, it like the, that. Yeah, I thought the division was over. Yeah, I, I don't think you were alone. That's a... Uh, Man, I gotta remember that one guy. He's had it. He's hunting lo- for you. He has. He's had it locked up in the chamber, yeah. ready to go. Look, man. I just people love me or they hate me. Just look out. Randall Gurchuk texts are coming your All way. All I know is that yeah. I just people want to nominate me for everything. Bad Take Boulevard, Car Wreck of the Day. I think the same guy nominated you for Bad Take Boulevard for the same take earlier in well, the show. Also, I can't be on Bad Take Boulevard though until they. <laughs> actually win the division, which we I would sh- gladly take. The Texans win the division, put me all over Batik Boulevard. That's okay. great. But, but now you're gaslighting. Did the Lions officially win Why? the North? I think they did. Okay. I'm on the Batik Boulevard bracket. Wheatstraw says Branham for calling a nomination a nom. Dumb. That's normal, right? Isn't I'm, a nomination a nom? Like, we talk, like, what are the noms? I could see it I being a hip term, but I've not heard it before. No, I think it's but just, it's pretty it's easy to a, figure out. It's so. not even a hip term. It's just a shorter way to say nomination because it's a long word with many syllables. Nom cuts it down and it's only one syllable. It's the beauty of simplifying a word. I knew what you meant. I just don't hear many people use it, but it's fine. Am I wrong on that? Am I wrong? 713-780-3776. I look for you for affirmation. How about Mike Vrabel's skinny jeans? I'm going to nominate that for Car Wreck of the Day as well. How about the Steelers looking just completely unworthy of having even just a 500 record? Uh, I didn't want to bring that up, but you said Mitch Trubisky... Just as good as Kenny Pickett. I think he is. <laughs> and they both suck. Because I didn't believe in Kenny Two Gloves, and I don't believe in Trubisky either, but I thought Trubisky might be a step above. If you want me to say I'm wrong about that, fine, I'm wrong. But the Steelers, under a coach that's never had a losing season, oh boy. I think they announced Mason Rudolph's going to start. They did. Now, is that did, did Trubisky get hurt? Or just, no, no, he just, just was got off. Rudolph. You, what's your favorite Mason Rudolph moment? Because I have one. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. <laughs> what else is there? Yeah. I mean, you played at Oklahoma State. I love the Big 12. I always have. I always will. Well, what, you know what? what? What better time to have faith in Rudolph than starting him for a Christmas week game? 
I have no words. Okay. I have no word. I nominate that joke for our car wreck of the day. Uh, 713-780-3776. What do you think should win the car wreck of the day? Joe, you're up next. I'm going to re-nominate myself because I didn't get Plank's joke. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, I got so you it. Got I got Rudolph. it now. Oh, my God. Well, at least you admitted that. Did you miss a laugh? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I didn't get it right away. What's coming up on the... Uh, oh, who Rable, won? Rable I mean, that's what I meant to say. What's up? What, who's winning? I think just anything to do with the Tennessee Titans and their franchise wins. Yeah, just Tennessee's just trolling the Texans all together. Yeah. Texans yeah, trolling the day. Unanimous? Unanimous. Yeah. We're usually not unanimous on this. I'm nope. proud of us. We had a breakthrough moment on our car wreck of the day. Congratulations, Amy Adams Strunk, for winning our car wreck of the day. Skunk. Uh, 713-999-8773 for a free consultation. Car wreck of the day. Joe, you're doing radio next. Yes. That's great. It's exciting. Something to listen to on the way home. All right, does it for us. Thanks to Joe for all the hard work. He's blank. I'm Branham. Joe George with the bullpen up next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.